1: For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Enjoy!
2: Are you willing to undertake a dangerous mission behind the enemy lines, knowing you may never return alive? (laughs)
3: What you have just heard is the question asked during the war to agents of the OSS. Ordinary citizens who to this question answered, yes. This is Cloak and Dagger. Black warfare. Espionage. International intrigue. These are the weapons of the OSS. Today's adventure, The Eyes of Buddha, concerning an American OSS agent who went deep into enemy territory to enlist the help of a nation which had declared war on the United States, is suggested by actual incidents, recorded in the Washington files of the Office of Strategic Services, a story that can now be told.
4: In 1944, the tiny kingdom of Siam was officially at war with the United States. So there I was in March of that year in an official Siamese plane on my way to ask Siamese help in rescuing an American flyer from the Japanese. Sound crazy? (laughs) You ain't heard nothing yet. The Siamese character beside me had received his master's degree at Yale and his Ph.D. at Harvard. Major Laudol Prayadipanque. I decided to
5: call him Louis. Look down, Lieutenant Berman, out of your window. Yeah? What about it? In those green forests, as you may know, still roam the ancient peacocks and the sacred elephants of Siam.
4: Louis, I may as well tell you right now, there are four things I know definitely about your country.
5: What are these, my friend?
4: The Siamese twins were named Eng and Chang. Siamese cats have blue eyes. Somebody wrote a book called Anna and the King of Siam. And what is the fourth? Tan Yak Dai Fuying Mai. The one line I know of your language, which translated, means... Do "Do you you want
5: want to meet meet a girl? girl? (laughs) (laughs) Well, rest easy. There will be no need for you to speak more of the language. Must a ghost have need of words? Once we arrive at Bangkok, you will be spirited from one place to another, my friend, as a ghost.
4: Fasten your seatbelts. Kindly fasten your seatbelts. Ah,
5: we are coming into the Dunbuang airfield. Well, so
4: far, this has been too easy. Rangoon to a secret airport in Siam, where you pick me up in this plane, and here we are in Bangkok. Is this another hidden field, Louis? No,
5: not exactly.
4: What
5: do you mean, not exactly? Oh, I should say there are about 800 Japs on hand about the field. Huh? Fasten your seatbelt, Lieutenant (laughs) Berman.
4: The official Siamese plane with the sacred white elephant painted on the side slid right across the field and taxied past hundreds of Jap soldiers, guarding the runway. The hangar door at the west side of the field opened. The ground crew rolled the plane in. Then the door slid closed again, as if we had been swallowed up. Louis and I climbed uh, out of the plane.
5: Uh, Lieutenant Burman, this is Lum. He will drive us to the OSS hideout in Bangkok, where you will meet the regent of Siam, the leader of the underground here.
4: How do you do, Lam? I
6: do very well. Lum suggests we wait a few minutes before leaving. Oh, is anything wrong? I suggest you wait here. I will return, tell you when it is safe to leave. Two Japanese officials in car right outside.
4: We waited. It was sweltering hot in there. And by the time Lum came back a few minutes later, my shirt was ready for the ringer.
6: oversaw has gone now is safe. We will leave by side door. Come quickly.
5: Car is outside. You see, Lieutenant Berman, thus far your mission is proceeding successfully.
4: Better not talk too soon, Louis. We haven't reached the hideout yet.
5: Perhaps you are right. Ah, proceed, Lum.
4: Lum drove us right through the downtown district of Bangkok toward the palace which was being used as underground headquarters. As we drove through the streets, I could see Jap pillboxes in the internment camp, and everywhere around us, walking the streets, guns in their holsters, were Japanese. Then we turned at a busy intersection, and it happened. Lum, Lum, what is it? What is wrong with
6: that horn? I do not know, Major. I do not know. It's stuck. Will not stop. Oh,
4: great. Everybody's turning around to look at us. Can't you do anything about that? A little horn. A little horn. Quiet. Talking to it isn't going to help, Lum. Stop and yank out the wires. A
6: little horn. Do not blow. Do not blow.
4: This is very unfortunate. My friend, you have a gift for understatement. Lum, Lum, we are causing too much attention. Do as the American says. A horn, please. I beg of you.
6: Quiet. Nice little horn. A Pretty little horn. Lum, stop
5: the car and pull out the wires.
6: Oh, there's no need, Major. It has stopped by itself. All I had to do was speak
4: nicely to it. Oh, my aching back. Hey, this is quite a place. Marble floors, winding staircase, just like the movies. Wait till I tell my wife about this.
5: The palace, set back only a little way from the street, has been underground headquarters for two years. Huh? At all hours of the day, Japanese soldiers march up and down in front of it. Yet none of them know what is going on inside.
4: Well, you can be sure of one thing, Louis.
5: What is that, Lieutenant? I won't tell him. (laughs) After you, my friend. The servants have prepared dinner for us. You must be hungry. We will eat now.
4: Only a couple of miles away were camps where Allied prisoners lived on little more than bread and water. Yet here I was, an American, right under the noses of the Nips consuming a dinner that began and ended with iced beer and included roast duck and freshwater prawns, salad, curried beef, dried fish, topped off with large bowls of fresh bananas and pieces of sumo, the Siamese improvement on grapefruit. (laughs)
5: Have you had enough to eat, Lieutenant? Would you care for something else?
4: Oh, no, no thanks, Louis. I've had more than enough. Baï, coffee, coffee. Hey, that, uh, what's his name, Baï. He isn't very talkative, is he?
5: A good choice, we feel, for a servant in underground headquarters. He hears nothing and repeats less. Baï is a death mute. Uh, tell me, Lieutenant Berman, what did you do before the war?
4: Me? Oh, I was a stunned pilot. I barnstormed all over the country in old crates and jennies, anything that had wings. I got a trunk full of tin medals for almost getting my neck busted. Oh, I see. Now, look, Louis, I admire good pilots. And one of General Chennault's hot flyers is a prisoner of the Japs. Somewhere around here. If anybody's going to get them out, I'd like to be the one to try it.
5: We will see to it that you get your chance, then. When
4: is the regent coming? I'm anxious to meet him. Oh, he will be here. After
5: midnight. After midnight? Yes. You see, this is the evening of the Japanese admiral's birthday. It was necessary for the regent of Siam to be there. Out of... uh, friendliness, of course.
4: About 12.30 he arrived. He was dressed elegantly in a white silk coat and white pongee trousers... On his head was a delicately embroidered turban. This was Luang Pradit Manudarm, regent of Siam and head of the Siamese underground.
0: I trust you will forgive me for being delayed. Oh, uh,
4: that's all right. The
0: Japanese admiral would never have forgiven me for leaving his party. Major, some more brandy for the lieutenant. Of course. Uh, How about your mission?
4: Well... Several months ago, one of General Chennault's best pilots crashed on the Burma Siam frontier. Other members of his flight reported that they saw the plane go down, Thank you. settle in the spreading banyan tree. But they didn't see it burn.
0: So the presumption is he
4: is still alive, somewhere in Siam. Yes, that's it.
0: Major, in the morning, drive with Lieutenant to Colonel Sangwan at Camp Panjara. Yes, Excellency. I think Colonel Sangwon will be in a position to get the information you
6: are after.
4: That's great. Uh, Your Excellency, this may be a little out of order, but... Yes? Don't you ever get the feeling you're walking around with your head in the noose? (laughs) A very good question. Well put.
0: I imagine I am a great mystery to the Americans of the OSS. No doubt they feel mystery shrouding our whole people.
4: After all, you are supposedly an ally of the Japs. Supposedly,
0: We are an independent nation, Lieutenant. Our people are proud and freedom-loving. Siam sits in the heart of Southeast Asia, an inscrutable Buddha. The Japanese overran our borders and from our capital in Bangkok declared war on the United States. The green flames of the jungle consumed us. So the Buddha sits, arms folded on its bronze breast, its face expressionless
4: but the eyes of the Buddha
0: wink. Is that it? The eyes wink, Lieutenant. Its ears are tuned to the enemy and the jeweled lips whisper. There are 50,000 Japanese here in Siam, my friend. We will continue to wait and watch and listen until they are driven out.
4: The next morning, Louis and I, with Lum driving, set out for Camp Punjara. Ever since my arrival in Bangkok, I had the feeling I was sitting on a powder keg that was liable to go off any minute. Driving through the streets in broad daylight didn't make me feel any better, but I figured the Siamese knew what they were doing. This time, nothing went wrong with the horn, but something else happened that gave me quite a turn. It sounds fantastic, and it was, but it really happened. A Jap MP directing traffic held up his hand, and the official car we were riding in stopped. I didn't like stopping. I felt better while we were on the move. Then all of a sudden, I saw a Jap soldier looking curiously in the window, staring at my occidental face. We looked at each other for a few seconds. Neither of us said a word. Then the car moved on. Louis. Louis, that Jap soldier, he saw me. I know. Even with his civilian hat and his shirt over my uniform, he couldn't have mistaken me for a Siamese.
5: <laughs> no doubt. But if he saw me, Louis, Put your mind at ease, my friend. I'm sure he doesn't believe what he thought he saw. And if later he convinces himself it was true and goes to his commanding officer, he will lose face for telling so ludicrous a tale. You mean they won't believe him? Oh, come now, Lieutenant Berman. What would an American be doing in Japanese-occupied Siam, driving along the streets in full daylight? Ridiculous, don't you think?
7: You have come to the right place, Lieutenant Barman. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Colonel Sungwan. I have heard of the flyer you seek. I know the prison camp in which he is now being held. Hey, that's great. When do we start? Not so fast, Lieutenant. Huh? We must make plans first. This is not a matter to be undertaken rightly. Come. We will have dinner first, and then we will discuss the problem.
4: Dinner? Colonel Sangwan, I've been wined and dined ever since I got to Bangkok, but I haven't done a thing. Ah, my wife Tara. We will dine,
7: then we will talk further.
8: Does my English surprise you, Lieutenant Berman? I was educated in America. I am a graduate of Wellesley College.
7: It was not your English which made the lieutenant observe you with such interest, my dear. It is your appearance. Am I not
4: correct, Lieutenant? <laughs> You're very correct, Colonel. You have an extremely attractive wife.
8: <laughs> Thank you both. My husband's lavish compliments embarrass me occasionally. I suppose they are to be expected after only two months of marriage.
4: Two months? Well, congratulations.
7: It is I who am to be congratulated.
8: A more coffee, Lieutenant?
7: Well
5: Colonel Sanguan, Colonel Sangwan! What is that, my dad? Louis, what happened? A car. Japanese Colonel Kishinami with many soldiers.
7: Colonel Kishinami? What could he want here? He requests an audience with you. Lieutenant, there's no time to lose that screen. Quickly. Go behind it and pray to the great Buddha he does not stay around. And
8: you, Major, sit here in the lieutenant's place. Pretend it was your place. Quickly. Quickly.
4: Nobody had to tell me to be quick. I got behind the bamboo screen and Louis slid into my chair at the table. Then he stood up immediately with Sangwan as Kishinami came in, a great ornate sword swinging from his side. He stood so close to me, I could have reached out and touched that sword.
8: Would you care for some coffee, Colonel Kishanami?
6: Uh, No, thank you. Colonel Sangwan, I am here on official business. Ah, yes, Colonel Kishanami. What can
7: I do to help
6: you? We have discovered a clandestine airfield in this territory. Surely it is not so close to this camp without your knowledge.
7: Airfield. Oh, certainly, certainly. It was constructed as a temporary emergency landing field some years ago. It has been infrequently used. Our
6: observation shows it to be in excellent condition and indicates
7: constant activity.
9: Wow. Oh,
7: I cannot believe this. Let me accompany you and see this airfield. Taba, my dear, you will forgive me? Of course. I will be
4: here. It happened so fast I couldn't believe my eyes. As the Siamese colonel turned to say goodbye to his wife, that treacherous Jap sword was whipped out and Sangwan was very neatly decapitated. Ah! Beheading Sangwan must have been the signal for the Jap soldiers in the room to take out their guns. You but before they could do anything him. with them, Taba sprung a Kishinami and with a meat knife from the table stabbed him through the heart. A Nip soldier tried to get at her, but Louis got him first. Then that powder keg I'd been sitting on really went off.
5: With their leader killed, they did not have much heart left for the fight. They are gone now. But, Louis, I don't understand it. Nor I. What brought on the assassination of the colonel? That
4: phony errand he came on was just an excuse to get in.
5: It is possible that the order has come for the total subjugation of our people by the Japanese. If true, it is open war from now on. Hmm. Will there be another attack tonight, you think? If so, we are armed and ready. There is nothing to do but wait.
4: What about Tava? Is there anything I can do for her?
5: No. She is one of my kind. It is best to let me console her, Lieutenant. Thank you on her behalf for your kindness.
4: Married two months. What a lousy shame. Go to your quarters. We will wait. Nothing further occurred that night, but none of us slept. In the morning, a big black official limousine drove up. It was the Regent of Siam.
0: I have received an apology from the Japanese government for the incident last night.
8: They are quite adept
0: at apologizing.
8: My husband has been killed, and you call it an incident, Excellency?
4: Yeah, how about that?
8: It is my belief that the
0: order for the subjugation of Siam had been issued by the Japanese High Command and rescinded because they did not believe the time appropriate. But what about last night, Excellency? Evidently, through some oversight or the difficulties of communication... Colonel Kishinami had not been warned that the plan was off. It is my belief that all will be quiet now for a while.
8: Shall we sit quietly once more and wait for them to attack us again while our backs are turned? There are many of us in the underground. Tava is right. Let us attack them. Let me avenge my husband. Now, listen, listen, wait
4: a minute. You've played a waiting game so far. Wait a while longer. I know the fuse is burning close, but wait.
8: That time is past, Lieutenant Any open
4: act on your part will really make the Japs crack down. Right now, Siam is the best listening post the Allies have in the East. Believe me, Washington knows what it's doing. You're a better help that way.
0: The Lieutenant is right. We will continue to be a docile puppet state and sell out the enemy to the Allies.
8: But, Your Excellency... I say
0: we will wait. I have myself promised President Roosevelt that we Siamese will continue to be... Loyal and silent, we will wait until we are told otherwise. Did
8: you get the information you
4: came after, Lieutenant? No way. Colonel Sangwan was going to give it to me before.
8: I know the camp you are looking for, Lieutenant. I will tell you what you want to know. <music>
5: The Japanese prison camp at Korat is only about five minutes' drive now, Lieutenant. The object of your mission ends there.
4: We're taking a long chance, Louis.
5: You are the one who is taking the long chance. You think it'll work, though, don't you? I can only say I hope. When I turn you over to the Japanese commander as a prisoner, there is a strong possibility you will be thrown into the same stockade as the American flyer for whom you are looking.
4: And if I'm not, just being inside those gates will give me an opportunity to find out exactly where he is in that camp.
5: You find him. We will attend to the rest.
4: I hope I can count on that.
5: Trust us. Oh! Look over there! Major Prayadipak from the Regent. I have a prisoner for Colonel Inotu. Very well. Pass.
2: I am indeed indebted to you for
0: bringing this prisoner to me, Major.
5: I have brought him, Colonel Inotu, with the compliments of the Regent of Siam. Is it not to be expected, since we Siamese are the allies and the friends of the Japanese? Of course, of course.
0: Uh, You will be cooperative and answer my questions. You understand?
4: I don't know any answers. How
0: did you get here?
4: He just told you my plane crashed near the border.
0: (laughs) What was your mission? How many were with you? Well, you're headed for a secret airport in Siam. Which one? Where is
4: it? Who is your contact? You're crazy. I haven't any contact. I tell you, I just crashed. This
0: American is going to be stubborn, I fear, Major. Give him time. Mm -hmm. He will break down. They all do. Unfortunately, they do not. The American flyer we have had interned here for some months has resisted all our efforts to obtain the truth. Is it not
5: possible he has told you all he knows? Oh, come, come, Major. You Siamese are too trusting. Perhaps, Colonel Inotu. perhaps you are right. American,
0: I will have you taken to the stockade, where I ask you, take good look at the other flyer. Look well at him. Know that our worst fate awaits you if you do not cooperate. Sergeant.
10: Yes, Colonel Inotu.
0: Throw this prisoner in the stockade on the west side of the camp. I will deal with him later.
4: I tried to hide the way I felt about being thrown together with the very man I had come all the way to Siam to find. I walked past Louis without looking at him. But out of the corner of my eye, I saw that his face was coolly impassive. You, you, you
3: are with you, your American!
4: It took me a couple of minutes to get used to the darkness. And then the darkness took form, and I saw a figure huddled in a corner. An emaciated, bearded figure wearing an American uniform. Lieutenant Davis...
3: Who's that? Who are you?
4: Friend. American. Are you all right? Can you hear me? Can you understand me? I've come to get you out of here. Uh, uh, C- come here closer. Let me see you.
3: You are an American. I, I don't believe it. Colonel I- Inno
4: told me to take a good look at you. I am. Now I'd like to go back and take a good swing at him. You heard that? What? What are you doing here? Who are you? Lieutenant Berman of the OSS. General Chennault asked me to find you. Find
3: me? Get me out of here.
4: Listen, listen, don't talk. Don't talk, just listen to me. He listened all right. And even in the semi-darkness, I could see the light come back into his eyes at the idea of getting out of that place. At about seven o'clock in the evening, the Jap guard outside the stockade was changed. The new sentry brought us in some food.
6: Here, eat this. It is the best I could do.
7: Lum, is it really you? Oh, this is better than I hoped.
6: The Japanese guard whose place I took was willing to pay attention to a little bribe. Japanese soldiers are so underpaid, you know. Lieutenant Davis... Islam, a Siamese, a friend. Can you get us out of here? We have a plan. Tonight, when the moon is low, I will turn my back and you too will make a run for it, try to escape. Oh, I'll never make it. No, of course not. You will be shot in the attempt. And killed.
4: Uh, sorry, Lom I don't think much of that idea. Haven't you got any others? I
6: have no finish. Listen, listen. I will only pretend to shoot you. You will only pretend to die. Huh? The Japanese soldier who was bribed and one other who has accepted our money will get to you quickly, stand over you. A Siamese doctor in the camp will pronounce
4: you dead. Leave the rest to us. Oh, it won't work. It won't. <laughs> work. Lieutenant Davis, if the Siamese say it'll work, give them a chance. <laughs> When the moon was low, at a signal from Lum, we broke out and made a run for it.
6: Stop! Stop! Prisoners When
4: we heard the shots, we threw ourselves face down on the ground and held our breaths. Try to Stretched I out should, like that without should, moving, our run, eyes closed, everything that happened around us after that the seemed to be a crazy I dream.
6: I will regret this, both of them.
11: I fear, Colonel Linotu. They are already sorry.
6: That doctor. What did you say?
11: These Americans, Colonel Lino, too. they are both
6: very dead. Dead. What uh, shall we do with them, Colonel? I await your orders. Do with them. If they are dead, bury them, of course.
0: Take them to the cemetery and bury them. <laughs>
5: Now that our plan has worked, Lieutenant Berman, I may as well tell you I was never sure it would turn out this successfully.
4: (laughs) But, Louie, you did have this pain already in warming up at the cemetery. (laughs) We
5: Siamese are eternal optimists. The
4: graves are dug, Major. What shall we do?
5: We will say goodbye to our friends the Americans first, Long. Then we will go back and throw the dirt over the empty graves in case Colonel Inotu comes to inspect them. A
3: plane. To
5: get on the plane again.
3: Out of this place.
5: A plane going home. I pray, Lieutenant Davis, that you will both return to our land one day in happier times. I assure you of a greater welcome and far greater hospitality. And now, goodbye. And a pleasant journey.
4: Just before we took off, Major Laodol Prayadipak presented each of us with a green velvet box. In them were cufflinks of pure gold and pounded ruby dust with the initials AM for the boy king Ananda Maidol and a golden crown for the mark of the dynasty. A royal present from the king of Siam. As we looked down, we could see Lum and the two five Jap soldiers with Louis directing operations, shoveling the dirt in over our graves. Thus, on April
3: 18, 1944, Lieutenant Davis, the missing pilot of the Flying Tigers, was rescued from the Japanese prison camp and rejoined his unit. And once again, the report of another OSS agent closed with the words, Mission accomplished. Listen again next week for another true adventure from the files of the OSS on Cloak and Dagger.
10: Heard in today's Cloak & Dagger adventure were Grant Richards, Everett Sloan, Ralph Bell, Barry Kroger, Raymond Edward Johnson, Eileen Heckert, Carl Weber, Martin Balsam, and Jerry Jarrett. Script was written by Winifred Wolfe and Jack Gordon. Music was under the direction of John Gart. Today's true OSS adventure was based on the book Cloak & Dagger by Corey Ford and Alistair McBain. This has been a Lewis G. Cowan production in association with Alfred Hollander, and was under the direction and supervision of Sherman Marks. Next here, High Adventure, then the big guy on...
2: Are you willing to undertake a dangerous mission behind the enemy lines, knowing you may never return alive?
3: What you have just heard is the question asked during the war to agents of the OSS. Ordinary citizens who to this question answered... Yes. This is Cloak and Dagger. Black warfare, espionage, international intrigue. These are the weapons of the OSS. Today's story, The Trap, about an OSS agent who prevented an American advance onto German soil from turning into a massacre, is suggested by actual incidents recorded in the Washington files of the Office of Strategic Services. A story that can now be told.
5: Did you ever notice the name Irwin signed in a fancy flourish on the covers of those kid comic books? You know, all about moon men chasing the Earthmen into the stratosphere. Well, that's me, Irwin Hazen. I'm a little guy, about five foot four. Before the war, I loved flashy ties and babies. Uh, girl babies about 21. So, what was Irwin doing being an OSS spy in a German held town in France after D Day? Listen, my children, and you shall hear. Sergeant Irwin Hazen reporting, sir. Here are those overlay maps you requested, Colonel. Good.
2: Good. Fast work, Sergeant. Thank you, sir. I'll uh look them over now. In the meantime, I uh want you to do something for me. Yes, sir. I've just had word that one of our agents, Lieutenant Miller, who was sent ahead into Broyer for advanced reconnaissance, has returned. Lieutenant Miller? Yes, sir, I know him. He's, um, uh, in that tavern about a mile from uh, Headquarters getting very drunk. Can't understand it. Doesn't sound like Miller. No, sir. He should have reported immediately. I want to go down and bring him back to headquarters. Yes, Colonel. Right away, sir. Oh, uh, Hazen. I saw that cartoon you submitted to Yank. Oh? Very good. Very good. Not very flattering of me, though.
5: Uh... Uh, No, sir. I'll uh, I'll get Lieutenant Miller for you, Colonel, sir. (laughs) Not all of the 12,000 people working with the OSS parachuted blind into enemy territory. Some of them stayed in Washington, making up secret codes. Some of them, like me, sat behind a desk in France and drew maps... But I was through sitting behind a desk the minute I walked into that tavern. Lieutenant Miller was slumped over the bar, swaying back and forth, and he looked very drunk. Hey, Lieutenant, what's with you? Huh? Who's... Colonel wants you to report to headquarters right away.
10: Uh, Irwin, is that you,
5: Irwin? Boy, you get your ear chewed off for of this. What's the idea? Couldn't this wait till later?
3: No. No, couldn't wait. Can couldn't make it otherwise. Gotta get to the Colonel. Gotta Say, get... uh,
5: bartender, how many has he had? Only two. Very little ones, Sergeant.
3: Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, tell the Colonel. Couldn't make it otherwise. Glad you came. Can't make it now, maybe. What are you talking about? Tell Colonel. Briere, heavily fortified. More than we thought. I saw it myself. Eighty pieces of 105 millimeter artillery behind the lines. Uh, Germans
5: are digging in. Well, come on. See, back and tell them yourself. Hey, couldn't you have celebrated later?
3: Made it this far. Needed a drink to regular all the way. The tell, Colonel. We're heavily fortified. Heavily fortified. Miller! Uh, hey, what happened?
5: Uh, The lieutenant, he is pass out? The lieutenant, he is dead. You see, Miller had been slumped over the bar, Colonel, so I couldn't see those bullet wounds in his chest until he fell over. Uh,
2: Germans must have caught on to him and given him a chase. It's a wonder he got as far as he did. Sergeant. You're sure about everything he told you? Yes, sir. But we were positive the Germans didn't have that much artillery on the 7th Army front. If this is true and we had walked in not knowing what was ahead, our men could have been massacred. Uh, Thank you, Sergeant. You may go
5: now. Uh, Colonel, if you're going to send another agent into that territory to get a more complete picture of what's going on... uh... I'd like to volunteer.
2: Sergeant, a mission like this calls for an agent who's had experience along these way. Yeah,
5: yeah, I know. But you see, Lieutenant Miller was a friend of mine. Besides, I'm sick of spending the war behind a drawing board. Uh, Sergeant... Look, I can do it, Colonel. I can speak French fluently. And I'll do more than just look around and come back. I'll, I'll come back with sketches and maps and diagrams. Everything you want to know. Look, Colonel, the next time I send a cartoon to Yank, I'll, I'll, I'll make a very flattering one of you. Please, Colonel, what do you say? The OSS placed me in the custody of a French priest who had sneaked through the lines from Bruyère to tell the Americans about underground activity there. A few days later, the priest and I were on the road, 30 miles away from the American held town, walking smack into enemy territory. The priest was in full clerical garb. Me? I was dressed like a French peasant. Then the Germans stop us, my son, let
0: me do the talking.
5: Boy, well, I hope we get away with
0: it. Do not worry. Out of necessity, I have become adept
5: at making up very convincing lies. Yeah, but do you think the Germans will believe this phony story? Hmm? What reason will they have to disbelieve it? Besides...
0: I am well known and respected in town. The Germans have enough trouble now without stirring up the antagonism of the people by disciplining me for so small a reason. Well, all I can say is I hope it works. Yeah, we'll really have a chance to find out now. There's the town. Ah, and there is a welcoming committee. Halt! Almost there! Remember, let me do the talking.
6: I say Halt! Why,
0: oh. Bonjour. I am Father Robert, priest of the church
6: in this town. Danda. this man. A friend. If you are from this town, what are you doing behind the border? Did you have permission? Let me see your papers, your passes. Oh, most unfortunately, I did not wait to request a pass. Ah, Sergeant, sees a Come with me to the commandant's office. With pleasure.
5: Come, my friend. Might as well. There's no way back now, Father.
11: You have been given too much freedom in this town, Father Robert. This insolence is uh, is too much. But Monsieur le
0: Commandant, this poor lad.
11: You'll be your name again,
5: Francois. François Jovan, Call me by my title! Uh, François Jovan, Herr Commandant.
11: Mm. Now go on with your story, Father Robert.
0: It is uh, a sad, sad story of a dying woman and her last wish to see her nephew, this lad, last remaining member of her family. Her husband and two sons were killed in the early days of the war. You see, I have the holy oils with me, give this poor woman the last sacrament.
11: And why did you not ask permission to get this boy? I
0: I was afraid, Monsieur le Commandant, that by the time the permission was granted, it might be too late. The woman might die. So I slipped out.
11: When did you last see your aunt,
5: Joran? Why, uh, uh, over three years ago, Herr Commandant. Oh.
11: And this is most irregular. Surely... The request of a dying woman. Well, I'll let you go this time, Father Robert. There's enough unrest in this town without starting a tempest in a teapot. Uh, one more question. Yes, monsieur? If you manage to slip through the lines going out, why is it you did not attempt to sneak back into town instead of walking boldly up to the borderline?
0: Sneak back into town? Why, well, monsieur le commandant, that would be against regulations.
9: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do not understand either, Father Robert. How is it that you did not try to sneak back into Pierre? Uh,
0: our American friend Erwin, uh, Oh, pardon, François. Uh, he can tell you that.
5: Well, you see, Madame Jeanette, this way, if the Germans know I'm in town and supposedly staying with an aunt... I can move freely about without being suspected.
1: Oh, I see. I see.
5: Uh, The time is late.
0: I must go now. Oh, madame Jeanette. Eh, oui. If monsieur le commandant should inquire, I did administer the last rites to you, but the sight of your dear nephew brought to life Flowing back into your veins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course. <laughs> we you not have something to eat before you oh, go. I no, have not no, much no, to no, offer. No,
0: no, Merci. I have much work to do. Oh, uh, by the way, our last meeting of the underground
1: went
5: very well. Don't you think?
1: Oui, mon père. Very well, indeed.
9: Mm.
5: Well, I, I can't thank you enough, father, for everything you've done. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, my. Well. Perhaps we shall meet again. Who knows? If
0: not, God be with you on your mission. Thank you, Father. And my son, be very careful. Monsieur le Commandant is not very bright, but unfortunately, he is not a complete idiot.
5: That was the last I saw of Father Robert. It happened like that all during the war. A member of the underground would come along, get us over a rough spot, and then disappear. But without all the help from all the little people along the way, none of the work of the OSS could have been done. They helped, they wished us luck, they left. After a few days of staying with Madame Jeanette, I almost felt that she was a relative. The old girl practically adopted me. Erwin? Hmm?
1: One thing, what Father Robert told the commandant, it was not a lie.
5: Well, what was that?
1: I did lose my husband and two sons in the early days of the war.
5: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: (sighs) Hello. But it has been good these last days, cooking for you, making up another bed, as if I had my family again. Are you being very careful?
5: Well, I mind my own business. Look around the town. From all I can tell, there are just a handful occupying it. Just the way headquarters thought. Looks like a pushover.
1: Mm, Perhaps it is. Perhaps the agent who was here before, he was mistaken. Miller?
5: Uh Uh-uh. The Nazis didn't pump air into him for nothing. He saw something. Uh, Madame Chenette.
1: Oui. here, let me fill your plate again. Look,
5: what's the best way to get through the forest to the river north of Briere? I'm going to take a look around there.
1: Ah, we, oui, oui, perhaps the river. There may be something there. A guard is always posted. I thought it was just to keep the town's people from leaving, but, but perhaps, perhaps there is something else. Is there
5: a way past the guard?
1: Ah, I have lived here all my life. I know a way... I will show you, even take you partway myself.
5: The woods began about a hundred yards back of Madame Jeannette's little house, and early the next morning we started through them. All
9: right, follow
5: me. I followed her through the thick brambles, through the narrow paths she knew so well, through the brush and the high grass that moved gently in the wind. Madame Jeannette's skirt caught on the brambles, and she stopped. Oh just long enough to rip off that part of her hem and leave it behind, swaying in the wind. Then she pulled down, me right behind her. Maybe this would turn into a wild goose chase, but I had a hunch I'd find what I came for. Then we came to a slight clearing.
1: I will go back now, Erwin. Return later the way we came. You remember?
5: Yes, yes, I
4: remember.
1: Ah, uh, bon. Go now along the outskirts of this little wood. You'll see a hill. From there, you'll have a good view of the river. And anything that might be there.
5: All right. I'll see you later.
1: Careful. Careful now.
5: A minute afterwards, she was swallowed up in the woods. A little while after that, I was on top of that hill, flat on my stomach under a clump of bushes, looking down through strong binoculars. My hunch was right. It was all there and I began to sketch it quickly, but accurately. From somewhere the Nazis had gotten reinforcements and their high command had decided to make a stand, dig in and hold, there at the river. There were heavy artillery positions all set up, machine gun and anti-tank emplacements. There was barbed wire, lots of it. There were anti-tank obstacles and the 105 millimeter artillery Miller had seen, all of it there. A nice big booby trap all set for our men to walk into when they tried to advance north across the river. I couldn't hear them, but I could see them, swarms of German soldiers working hard, working fast, digging in, getting ready. I took down everything I saw, and I had it complete except for the west bank of the river near the bridge. There were too many trees blocking my vision. I had to get closer. By the time I got to the bottom of the hill and crawled along through the brush to the west bank, I didn't just see the Germans, I could hear them as well.
9: There must be no slip-up
6: and, uh, lieutenant. Jawohl. See that more guards are posted at the edge of the town. The commandant wants no one snooping around here. Very well.
5: No one will get through. There were too many of them all around. I knew it would be crazy to try to get any further without a plan. I had to have time to think about a way. I waited until they left. Then I slipped back the way I came, up the hill and through the woods to Madame Jeannette's. I went around the back, so I didn't see the commandant until I walked in.
9: Ah,
1: Francois, you are back.
5: Yes, I... uh, uh, Bonjour, Herr Commandant.
11: I have been waiting for you.
5: Well, is there something
1: wrong? No, no, of course not, Francois. I am here to talk, Madame.
11: Francois Jovin. I believe Father Robert told me that is your name. That is correct. It was through the kindness and understanding of the German high command here that you were allowed to see your sick aunt. You understand that, do you not? Oh, yes, I I appreciate that. It was irregular, but we let you in. However, I am here to tell you that you had better have no illusions about leaving Bruyere now, going back through the American lines to your village there.
5: Well, no. No, I I have no wish to leave. (laughs) Why, you've anticipated me Herr Commandant. I was going to request permission to stay here with my aunt from now on. I, I was in the square today looking for work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, They're good,
11: as long as you understand. Uh, Madame, if you will allow me to say so, you look very well indeed. Oh, she was very ill when I came. Father Robert gave her last rites. Ich wünsche mit zu sprechen. I'm talking to you.
1: My nephew is correct, but Sir You, Herr Commandant, I was very ill. But,
11: but I'm very well now. Yeah. Well, that was all I wanted. I will go now.
5: But remember, you are not to leave Bruyere. What the commandant didn't know was that I had no intention of leaving until I made the sketches of the west bank of the river. Late that night, Madame Jeannette helped me bury the plans and diagrams I had already drawn.
1: You are right, my boy, to bury these here behind the house. Rather than leave them inside, it is safe.
5: Okay, that's deep enough. Now, I put this rock on top of them. There, that's done now.
1: You will go back tomorrow? No,
5: I've got to get a good look at the west bank of the river.
1: Ah, It is wise you did not try to press further ahead today. It would have been too dangerous. I know another way through the forest. Well, tell me. It is a roundabout way, but it will bring you closer to the west bank, or close enough at least so that you will have a better view than before. Ah, but if there are so many troops, as you say, do not get too close. When you have finished, come back to the woods the same way. I will be waiting.
5: I did exactly as she said. Took the long way round, across little streams, watched for landmarks, dropped from high rocks and landed on rough little paths that were hidden by the brush. I did everything she said, except one thing. I got too close.
6: Sergeant, you're laying those mines too far apart. What were you doing? With these defenses, we'll be ready for anything,
9: Lieutenant. Well,
5: I decided I'd better get out of there, and as I started. A twig under me snapped.
6: What was that? Did you hear something in the brush?
2: Hmm. Probably some small animal in the forest. Go see. Come on, Herr Hauptmann. There's nothing here, Herr Hauptmann.
6: Make sure. Remember the fragment of a woman's dress we found in the woods this morning?
5: I was crouched down behind a rock and the German lieutenant came so close I could have reached out and touched his mud-caked boot. He stopped for a minute, and then he walked right past me.
6: There was nothing there. Uh, we can't be too careful. Come with me. There's something I want to
5: show you I had everything indicated on my sketches, minefields, tank positions. I knew everything about the west bank of the river I wanted to know. When the coast seemed clear, I started back. But I didn't get very far.
0: Keep your hands up in the air.
5: I took a couple of steps and then slammed myself into a shallow ditch. I remember German burp guns and rifles cracking around me. A bullet went through the heel of my boot and sent a shock up my leg that made me wonder if it had been blown off. Then there was quiet. And I waited for them to come and get me. It was all over.
11: Perhaps that will convince you we
5: mean what we say. Look, I, I tell you, my name is François Jovin. You know my aunt, she's... What were you doing near the river? Look, I, I'm new in Bruyere. I, I don't know the forest or the woods. I was lost. Like Perhaps another taste of your fist. With
11: great pleasure. Oh. Get him up. Put him back on the chair. Now listen to me, Jovin, whatever your name is. We found this sketch of the bridge and the west bank of the river in your pocket. Look, I don't know. I don't know anything. That part of the sketch is quite complete. Every detail. The rest is diagrammed in lightly. Where are the rest of these plans? I don't know. Have you hidden them? Where? Have you given them to somebody? Whom? Where are the rest of them? Hmm. Kind antwort, eh? What Try twisting his arm again.
9: Oh! Ah! Uh. Okay.
11: Ah! Ah! He has fainted Have him thrown in a cell I will question him more tomorrow
5: That was the German way of questioning Beating you up, twisting your arm I was sure they had a lot more ways of questioning But I didn't intend to stay and find out what they were I had to figure out a way to escape. And then I noticed it. The glass of the window in front of the bars had been shattered. I broke off a piece, and then I cut myself severely about the face. I guess it doesn't sound pretty, and it didn't look very pretty, but that was the effect I wanted. I heard the guard coming back. Quickly, I threw myself on the floor in front of the door so that when the heavy door was opened, it would crash into my head.
2: The commandant wants to see you. Oh, sisters. Help, I must get help.
5: My hair was matted with blood, and my cut-up face looked pretty horrible. Not that the guard was worried about the state of my health. He was afraid of what the commandant would do to him if I wasn't able to be questioned. He left the cell door open and ran. And so did I, in the other direction. I ran up the stairs to the second floor of the small town jail the Germans had taken over. Down below, I could hear voices.
2: I didn't wait to hear any more.
5: I slid down the sloping roof and landed right next to a German soldier. It was a good thing it was my left arm they had twisted. I was better with my right anyway. I took his gun and ammunition belt and shot the front tires of the German cars. Then I borrowed a parked motorcycle... Just as the Germans were spilling out the front door, I drove off, headed back to where I'd buried the papers. But the papers were gone. Everything I had worked on so painstakingly the maps, the diagrams, the sketches, the plans they were gone. Madame Jeannette. Maybe she had them. Madame Jeannette! Jeanette, open up.
1: Yes? What do you want?
5: What? Madame Jeanette, where is she? I've got to see her.
1: You cannot.
5: But I've got to. It's important. Look, who are you? Where's Madame Jeanette?
1: She died.
5: What, what did you say?
1: She died yesterday.
5: Died? But I don't the Germans.
1: If they are after you, go. I want no trouble. Go! <laughs>
5: That motorcycle ride through enemy-held territory with that car full of Nazis firing at me was wilder than the stories in the comic books I used to draw for. There was a phosphorus grenade on the ammunition belt I had taken from the soldier outside the prison. I pulled the pin with my teeth and tossed it back over my shoulder. Through the side mirror, I could see the German car slowing down. It stopped right over the grenade. And a minute later, there was a car full of very dead Nazis. Well, that's all that happened, Colonel. The sketches are gone, but I think I can remember most of them. The ones I drew last, the west bank of the river, I know completely. For the rest, I'll do the best I can.
2: Did your uh, sketches look anything like this, Sergeant?
5: What? But well, those are the sketches. I don't understand. Where did you... Corporal. Yes, Colonel? Send in the woman. Woman? What woman? I don't get this. I...
11: This way, ma'am.
1: Hello, Erwin. Ma-
5: Madame Jeannette. I-, I heard you were dead.
1: Your face? What happened to your look, face? Look,
5: never mind that. Just tell me.
1: Oh, when I learned you were arrested, I dug up the plans. And with other ground help, I got them through the lines to deliver them for you. Yes, but that woman... She had her orders. She was doing as I told her.
5: (sighs) Colonel, you know that tavern about a half mile from headquarters? Yes, Arthur. Well, do you mind very much if I go there and get very drunk?
3: The maps... Diagrams and information which Sergeant Urban Hazen provided allowed the American Army to prepare a counteroffensive. Three days later, they were on German soil. And the report of another OSS agent closes with the words, Mission accomplished. Listen again next week to another adventure based on actual incidents from the files of the OSS on... Cloak and Dagger.
9: Heard
10: in today's cloak-and-dagger adventure as Irwin was Everett Sloan, the priest, Barry Kroger, the commandant, Stefan Schnabel, Madame Jeanette, Virginia Payne, the colonel, Raymond Edward Johnson. Others were Carl Weber, Jerry Jarrett, Ralph Bell, and Lotus Stavitsky. The script was written by Winifred Wolfe and Jack Gordon, and the music was under the direction of John Gart. Today's true OSS adventure was based on the book Cloak and Dagger by Corey Ford and Alistair McBain. This has been a Lewis G. Cowan production in association with Alfred Hollander, and was under the direction and supervision of Sherman Marks. Programs. Get your programs here. Simon Templar plays hide and seek with a friendly killer who has been commissioned by underworld sources to handle the Saint. Hear another top-notch adventure with the Saint, and also listen for the Sam Spade caper with Howard Duff, starring as America's favorite fast-moving, fast-talking private eye. Next, exciting high adventure. Then the big guy on NBC.
1: Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, your home for golden age radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.